Welcome back to the Really Tough Men of Faith podcast. Really tough, man. Really th- so here's the thing, Nick. What's my name? RT. You know what that stands for? Stands for? Uh, really tough. Really tough. That's my nickname. When kids ask me, because they always want to ask, hey, what's your initials stand for? I say, really tough. Really? I always thought it was Richard. Huh. No, you were definitely wrong. Huh. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Not even close. <laughs> so, <laughs> Really tough. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't know that. I thought really we were friends. Really tough stringer. That's it. Yep. Um, Pastor, really tough. Yeah, that's I use actually, it. On, that's pretty good. It's true. I use it more with my uh, my daughters. They're teenagers. Oh yeah. So when guys like, hey, what's your dad's name stand for? Really tough. Really tough. Yeah. Huh. So it's you, not really tall. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we talked about this one time. You said on your headstone when you die, you just want it to say pastor. But wouldn't it be really cool if it said pastor? Really tough. <laughs> it definitely. Huh? Can you make that happen? I, yeah, I'm sure I can find a. I'll probably die before graver. you. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. You, you've got me by three years. You're 30 years healthier than I am. <laughs> huh. Producer Blake just texted me. He said RT stands for Richie Two Squirrels. He said it's your mob name. <laughs> He's sitting in the same room with us. Yeah, He's within, but... I mean, I can reach him. Right. You can. You should smack him. <laughs> you realize I'm really tough, right? I mean, what's going on here? You're making fun it. of my stature? No, less. Dude, you're a man that lives with four women. I know that you're really tough. <laughs> you know, I live with one woman and a female dog, and I'm not near as tough. Anyway, let's what move are, on. Yeah. I'm sorry. What are we talking about today? I don't know. I think we're talking about leadership or something from the book of Nehemiah. That's right. I think you're going to preach a little, right? I did say that last week, didn't I? You did. I said, yeah, I'm going to preach to you. Well, I don't know about preaching. So the book of Nehemiah. Yeah. I love the book. A couple Me reasons too. why. <clears throat> That's true. I I should have read it this morning before I came in here. Yeah. I, I've I, read it several times. I'm I, ready to preach it to you. I realized it was like 13 chapters. I really could have knocked that out yesterday, and yeah. I didn't. I've got my Bible pulled up here. Good. I'm just going to work through it. I got a new preaching Bible a couple weeks ago. So. I, oh, really? Yeah. Goat skin. Goat skin. It's nice. It lays flat. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Like you have tools. There's <laughs> tools of the trade. Like you get new uh, banjos for drywalling, right? Is that what they're called? Yeah, it's called a banjo. Or uh, stilts. What's the cool? The stilts are the coolest thing you have in drywalling. No, it's not. The electric sander is the coolest thing I have. I haven't seen it. It's cordless. So it runs on like DeWalt batteries. Because I'm a DeWalt tool yeah. guy. I, I'm, it, I'm not a fan of DeWalt. I'm more a Makita guy. It's okay to be wrong. Okay. Um, so it's like telescoping. Okay. And it's an orbital sander. So you can like sand down your drywall work. It, it's a huge time saver, labor saver. I mean, it weighs 30 pounds and you got to be able to muscle it. Mm-hmm. You know, really tough men of faith. Sure. We got this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's probably the coolest tool that I have. Man, so, do peop- so I did drywall in college. So yeah. going back a few years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I had like the pole sander. So do you still use those? So yeah, we have those, but it's like for kind of cleaning up the angles and things. But we don't really, really, we don't work near as hard as we used to. Yeah, yeah. You don't think the stilts are as cool because you're like six eleven, where right? Yeah, I'm not at me I'm at like six two and you know a heavy half. Um, yeah, with me being five eleven. Yeah, or so. Yeah, <laughs> or so. <laughs> stilts are pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, we got a guy at work. He's got stilts that are 64 inches tall from the floor to his feet. And he walks on. He can touch a 12-foot, six ceiling. Wow. And work comfortably there. It's... Does he ever go to parades? What's that? No, he doesn't. Can he no. juggle? <laughs> he, he can't juggle either. Um, well, what? Okay. Yeah. So what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I don't know how we got there. Oh, Nehemiah. Yeah. Talking about that today. Yep. Leadership. Here's why one of the reasons I love this book. We've talked about this before in a Tough Men of Faith. Yep, because you're a leader. Nope, no? you're okay. wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully I'm a leader. We're all leaders. <laughs> one thing I like about this book is that it shows that God uses uh, ordinary people, average people. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yeah. This goes back to our meeting that we had 
pre-podcast. Today? See, yeah, we just use ordinary people. We do. Yeah, yeah. I was talking, talking Nick and not talking you into it, encouraging that you should do something. Yeah. In, in a leadership position. Leadership and, position. Yeah. And I was like, hey, God can even use you, Nick. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but that's one of the things you said. Yeah. Like, God's not looking for perfect people, no. is what you said. He's looking for get regular people that, you know, have issues just like anybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. He's like, you could be a good fit for this. Yeah, and so. I think you'll see your story in – now, think about this. You'll see your story in this book some where you have a burden for seeing something happen, and yeah. that's the reason you're willing to get involved in that leadership position. Okay. So Nehemiah, he's a cupbearer. Yeah. Do you know any cupbearers? No. Basically – so like a butler? Oh, yeah. You know a butler? Yeah, I have a butler at home. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is that what you call him? No. No? I don't, I don't, well, maybe you oh. do. I don't. I mean, if you're thinking what I'm thinking. I generally just call her wife. Okay, okay. Yeah, there so, we go. No. Well, you didn't get in trouble last episode, so you're due. Right? She I mean, knows that I kind of hype things up a little bit for the podcast. She knows I don't really think that way, <laughs> you know. And then she also brings it up that, hey, <laughs> sometimes I'm kind of like your butler. So Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he's a butler, a cupbearer. Just kidding, Rachel. So what he would do is, like, if the king was going to eat some food or drink something, yeah. so you didn't want to poison the king. Oh. So he would drink, like, the wine before they gave it to the king to make sure it was safe. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Don't we have that modern day still? Like the presidents? Yeah, I think for, like, the president. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Like, somebody has to open his can of Ensure and taste it before he does, <laughs> you know, because he's 162 years old. Yeah. Well, we're not a political <laughs> podcast. You're right. We're not. But... Let's move on. <laughs> I'm sure some guys laughing sitting in their trucks right I'm now sure in cars are. or at the gym working out, listening <laughs> right. to this podcast. So anyways, I was saying about Nehemiah, back yeah. to that. Sorry. He's just an ordinary guy. Yeah. Like nothing special. Right. But he's That's a why he's a cupbearer. Yeah. Because he's an ordinary guy and nobody's going to miss him. Yeah. So he's not like in that day, he's not a priest or a right. prophet. He's not a great yeah. warrior. He's not a king. His job was to taste the wine before the king did. Yep. I guess if you like wine, it'd probably yeah, it's a great job. <laughs> <a> great job. <laughs> um, but I guess the the other problem is like if someone's trying to kill the king, uh, I guess yeah, it's not a great job. Not a great job. Yeah. So has its perks, I guess. If you're right, I'm so, trying to think of what cut of meat the cupbearer gets first, because you know that like the king's getting the fillet. So are you getting, you know, a little tendon meat? <laughs> Let's Never get back mind. to the story. Sorry. Anyway, so <clears throat> we're just going to work through the book of Nehemiah. Great, and then you just kind of. Uh, Jump Chime in. in with your yeah. expertise as we kind of walk through it. What are you laughing at? I can't wait. <laughs> I, I can't wait either. <laughs> it starts out in chapter one. Now, we're going to skip. Like, you guys should go read the entire 13 chapters. Yes, 13 chapters. Right. I mean, so today, we're just going to hit parts of it, and I'll mention some things. Take you an hour, hour and a half tops. Yeah, but chapter one uh, kicks you probably, off. You could probably listen to it. You could. I'm, I'm not going to read it to him right now. But Well, no, I'm saying, like, I have the Bible app on my phone. Yeah. And it's got a playback. So, I mean, the other day, I covered, like, three chapters, and... In Matthew that I was reading in like a 15-minute drive. So yeah. it worked really good. You know, you want to hear a funny story on that? Sure. Is I had this guy. He's no longer here now, but uh, he used to come to church. Yeah. And he had that Bible app. And there's just one button you push on. It'll start reading to you. <laughs> and so it was about every Sunday. He sat towards the front. He'd push that button. And it would start reading the scripture to him. <laughs> He's one of those guys who wasn't, wasn't great with technology. Yeah. So <laughs> it would read for a while. Nice. Anyways. <clears throat> Chapter 1 in Nehemiah starts out, starts out saying that, hey, there, there's a problem. Uh, basically, that the Jews had escaped. They survived the exile. And, and what's happening is there, there's, there's, a little, there's a few of them left, but the walls are broken down and there's no gates. So that, that would have been an issue in that day. Yeah. So the cities needed a wall. It needed a gate to protect you from the outside. Right. It had been an embarrassment to uh, God's people yep. to, to not have walls around. So Nehemiah gets uh, passionate about this. So verse 4 goes on. It says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So he hears about this great need. Yep. 
And it brings him to tears. Yeah. He starts fasting and starts praying. Yeah. And that that's a thing, um, you know, as a tough man, like, is are there things that I see out there that break my heart because they're taking place? Yeah. And there are. There, like, there's some <laughs> awful things in this world. Like, I when agree. you hear about it, you're like, I can't man. believe, like, that's really happening. Yeah. Sometimes we read about it, like, on, you know, social media, reading yeah. news, you're like, man, that's awful. Like, why does that happen? And, and even some extreme things like sex trafficking or yeah. you look at kids who are starving in other countries right. or even things in our... I mean, like, just look at all the things that just happened in Afghanistan a few months ago. Yeah. And, you know, all the repercussions of that and everything, it's kind of unfolding from that now. It's just... It's crazy. I had it yeah. this week. So Indianapolis, the city we're in, we, we've already broke the murder record for this year. Yeah. And, for, and yeah. we're what? November, December yeah, we now. Still have a month I think left. we broke it back in November. Yeah. And, and so we still have a month left. Yeah. And I was pulling some of the data to see how many of those murders took place around the, our church where we minister. Yeah. A lot of them did. And what got me uh, looking at that is this past weekend, one of them happened just uh, just a half block away from the wow. church. And so it's just breaking my heart because my kids walk this neighborhood. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah, work and live yeah. here and spend a lot of time here. And so Nehemiah hears this, and yeah. it's it's enough to, to break his heart where he starts weeping yeah. um, because of the problem. And so, you know, it's okay for tough men to, to cry. Uh, it's, right. I don't think we've ever yeah, said that do, on this. Do it in private. But. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the commentary no, we, I was We actually just to. talked about it the other day when a friend of mine was asking me for help. Yeah. Same thing. He called me weeping. Yeah. And uh, he actually listened to that podcast episode and he wasn't upset about it. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But so it says, well, it says he wept and he mourned for days yeah. because he was so burdened about this taking place. Right. And then after he started weeping about it or, or it really bothered him, in other words, he continued fasting and praying. So he knew there's a problem. Yeah. What did he do? He took it to God. Right. So he fast. He was praying. Yeah, he starts talking to God about it and different things. Um, so I, I think we can learn from that. So what is it that breaks your heart? Like, what is it that, that bothers you? you? You look at it like, that's not okay. Like, yeah. someone should do something right. about it. And so as men, there should be things that we sit down to, to weep about. Yeah. Um, then it says he prayed for some days. He cried about it. Chapter 2. You ready for chapter 2? I am. Are you pulling it up on your Bible over there? I got it. All right. So it starts out chapter two, uh, talking about that he goes to the king to give him some wine, and he's never been sad in the king's presence. So as the cupbearer, you wouldn't want to be sad in front of the king, right? Right, because that's not what the king wants to yeah. see. You're giving him wine. He, I don't he want wants wine you to be that happy. makes you sad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but that's maybe that's why. Okay. So the king said to me, "Why is your face sad? Seeing you're not sick. Hey, so you're sad. You're yeah. not sick. What what's going on? Yeah, what's your issue? This is nothing but a sadness of heart." So then uh, he said he's very much afraid. So the king could have had him killed for being sad in front of his presence. Hmm. Verse 3 said, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire? So he tells the king, like, hey, shouldn't I be sad? Like, <laughs> my people, like, everything's falling apart for him. <laughs> he's kind of telling the king that his city's kind of in ruins. Yeah, that's some boldness. That's really bold. To, to, to tell the king. Verse yeah. 4, the king said to him, uh, so what are you requesting? Yeah. And then I love this next thing in Scripture, verse 4 there, chapter uh, 2. He says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. So the king asked him, like, hey, what is it you want? This isn't like one of those long prayers. Yeah. He's just immediately like, I said a quick prayer. <laughs> yeah, God, um, please help me. <laughs> and then I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, and you, that you send me to Judah, so the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. Here's what I love about Nehemiah. Yeah. So he sees something wrong, breaks his heart, yep. upset about it, weeping about it. Like, I know what I should do. I should pray about it. So he starts praying about it, but he doesn't stop there. Right. He takes He's it a, to the king. Takes it to the king. And asks if he can go and take care of it. He's a cupbearer. Yeah. He's not one that builds walls and builds right. kingdoms. <laughs> you hold chalices. <laughs> <laughs> but when he when the king's like, what do you want? He's like, oh, I want to go build that wall. Yeah. I want to go do that. That's a leader, man, that's standing up to, to take action. Yeah. 
And this is where a lot of guys fall short, is that we see a need and we're thinking, someone ought to do something about that. Yeah. And we may even pray about it. If we're a man of faith and right. we're a Christian, like, hey, I'm going to pray about it. Or may even take the next step and take, take your problem or say, take what you want to see fixed to someone. But I think a lot of people stop there. They stop there. Or what a lot of men do is they'll go to other people and be like, hey, you should do this. <laughs> yeah. Or, hey, don't you think this should be done? Yeah. And then they just talk about it. But they do. They don't be about it. Yeah. So Nehemiah here, he's like, I'm not going to send other people. Yeah. I'm not going to sit back here and just cry about it. I'm not yeah. going to whine about it. I'm not going to sit around and just complain constantly about how bad it is over there. I want to do something. Yeah, I want to fix it. I'm gonna, And I'm going to go. I'm, and as guys, we are fixers. We, we are. As, <laughs> We've talked about that before, too. <laughs> we have. And there's some good things. I mean, we talk about the negative side of that, but there's some yeah. good things. Like, right. take initiative and do something. Yeah. And so Nehemiah's like, hey, hey man, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So if there's something guys can learn, and myself included in this, is it's easy to scroll through social media and see a problem, to yep. hear about something, and to say, someone should do something about yeah. that. And then instead of giving up... The other thing with Nehemiah, if you think about this, he had it pretty good. Yeah, he had it really good. Pretty content. Yeah. Like we talked about that last week, remember? Yeah, we did. Contentment. Living in the king's palace. Yeah. Eating well. They right. want to make sure... I mean, you want to make sure he stays healthy, right? I mean, oh, yeah. if, if the king is drinking after him, you don't want him getting sick. Right. You don't want him getting hurt. He has a pretty good life. Yeah. And this would have been... not real sure, but I think it had been several hundred miles away. What are you laughing at? I'm not even going to go there. All right, good. I'm trying to keep it clean. <laughs> I'm trying to get better about this. I'm trying to mature a little. Oh, good. So right. several, several hundred miles away, there's some people have a problem. Yeah. And he's burdened enough about them that he's willing to go put himself at risk to go yeah. do that. Just so. wondering what all Nehemiah gets to try of the kings before the king does. He was the cupbearer, so the wine. <laughs> Just the wine. Okay. Water. Got it. Dr. Pepper. I don't know, whatever the king was drinking. <laughs> Producer Blake's just shaking his head in the other yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's move on to the text. And the king... Um, King said to me, verse 6, basically says, hey, so what is it that you, that you need? Uh, he's going to give him the time to go. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, uh, let letters be given to me to the governors of the province beyond the river that they let me pass through until I come to Judah. And then he asked for some letters to where he can get some wood and some other things that he's going to be able to build this wall. Nice. Here's what I like about Nehemiah. He just doesn't like sit back and not do anything. Right. Prays about it. He gets up. He's like, I'm going to do something. Yep. But he doesn't stop there. He makes a plan. Yeah. What a great leadership lesson. Yeah. Like, there's I mean, a lot of guys like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And they go storming the gates like, and what's it. your plan, dude? I don't know. I don't have one. I don't know. I'm I just thought of this. I'm just going to trust God. But right? to ask for letters for Wood and to ask for letters to other governors to let him pass through, I mean, it's really thought out. So, and he would have to do some homework on that. I mean, yeah. he couldn't Google it to say, hey, who's the king over <laughs> here so I can get some lumber from right. this guy? He's doing some research before he even goes to the king. Yeah, and, they, and They had real tablets back then. Real before tablets. tablets. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, but, but a lot of planning um, yeah. to find out who's the keeper of the forest, right? Yeah. And so Nehemiah put in his work, did his planning. Uh, so for guys, I want to encourage you, and myself included, like, hey, it's okay to want to do something, but put in your homework. Yep. Um, chapter 2 continues on, verse 11 through 14. Uh, so he goes to Jerusalem. He's there for three days. He rises in the night, and he takes a few men with him, and he, he basically tells him what's going to happen, and he goes out tonight to, to kind of see the gates that, that, that's fallen down. Yeah. A couple things here I learned. One, he's out there working during the night. He's working hard. Was he working during the night, or did he just go to see the gates? Well, he went fall? to see him. Okay. So I would I would say that like he's he's putting in his homework. Yeah. He's missing some sleep. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's. I got you. He's not playing video games. Right. Right. He has a serious <laughs> thing to do because he's a leader. Right. He's yeah. not just sitting around for leisure. He's working yeah. late. Yeah. Putting in some extra hours. Extra hours. Making a plan for tomorrow. Making Keep a plan. Everyone busy. Um, and then the other thing that he's doing there, if you notice, he's not going alone. Yeah. He takes some other guys with yeah. him. Took some strong guys with him. Took some strong guys. Some other guys. tough men. Some other really tough men. Yeah. He had some RTs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but guys miss this a lot of times. Like, hey, we want to do this. But if you're a true leader, you're not going at it alone. Right. 
you're gonna get some other guys involved. Yep. Whatever that that ministry you want to start, that yep. thing you think you need to do. You learn to delegate a little bit. You learn to people you can trust and count on. Yeah. Verse 17. Uh, it, it says, "Then I said to them." He's talking to the people there where the the, the uh, gates have fallen and everything. He's like, hey, you see the trouble we are in, how the city lies in ruins with, with the gates burned. Come, yep. let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer. And so he goes to these people who the walls are all down around them, and he starts trying to um, to build them up to inspire others. Right. So leaders inspire others. Yep. Right. That's what leadership is, is yep. that you're not going at this alone. He couldn't build those walls by right. himself. But he shows up there and says, hey, this is what we're going to do, yeah. getting other people involved. Do you have something to say on that? No. Okay. I really like that point. I thought maybe you'd have some more to add. But. <laughs> no, it just, you know, it's, it just goes like back to business. You know, we're both kind of in business here mm-hmm. in a different kind of business. But, you know, you have to inspire others to, you know, and you have to lead and you have to show direction. And uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, let's keep going on in the text. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Verse 19. Now, listen, I don't, listen, you know this about me. Whenever I, uh, whenever I read some things in the Old Testament, I'm up there preaching. I don't pronounce everything correctly. Uh, I didn't know that. I just I know that with... you read really fast because that way nobody will understand what you said. And so if you mispronounce something, well, you had to catch it. I read fast because those lines get long at the at the restaurants on Sundays. So, you know, you got to get through that sermon. But no, you just say the names of confidence when you read them. No, yeah. So... You're not going to make me read this, are you? Do you want, you want me to read verse 19? No. No, you're going to read it? No, I mean, no, I mean you can read it. No, yeah. I read it. Okay. I, I don't want to screw that up. Uh, but when Symbalat the Hornite and Tobiah the Amorite, servant of Geshem the Arab, heard of it. Is that pretty good? That's pretty good, yeah. All right. The, na- the names are whatever, right? Yeah. So, but the next line, they jeered at us and despised us. Yeah, they laughed us to scorn. Laughed us to scorn. What is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? So they start to oppose them. Yeah, kind of push back. They start to push back. People do that. You notice that about being a leader? <laughs> I have. If People something like to push back and just to see how strong it is, yeah. the leadership is. All of a sudden, there's some good news, and all of a sudden, uh, they start pushing back. Yeah. Like, this isn't a good thing. Verse chapter four, you skip a couple of chapters. These guys heard come back. These guys come back. So now they're now Nehemiah and these people, they're building the wall. Yeah. Chapter four, this guy shows up again. He heard that we're building the wall. He was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers in the army of Samaria, Listen to how he talks about him. Hey, wait, where are you at? Chapter 4, verse 2 now. Chapter 4. Yeah, chapter 4. We've moved on. Sorry, man. Go We're going through this quick. What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish and burn ones at that? He starts making fun of them. And then his buddy joins in. The buddy that we saw earlier yeah. in, in verse 3. He said, yes, what are they building? If a fox goes up on it, it will break down their stone wall. I mean, he's talking about a cupbearer here trying to build a wall, and he's kind of talking trash. He's definitely talking trash. Yeah. He's like, hey, even if he builds the wall, he's yeah. a cupbearer. He's an ordinary guy. Yeah. If a little fox goes up there and tramples on their wall, yeah. the wall is going to come crashing down. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. So if you're a leader and you're doing something for God, you're doing something for the kingdom, God's called you to do something, you're stepping up and doing it. Let me, let me help you with this. You're going to face opposition. Oh, yeah. There are going to be uh, obstacles that you face. Yep. There's going to be criticism. I mean, he called them feeble, weak Jews. It says yeah. there in Nehemiah. It, it says if a fox goes up on your wall, it's going to fall down. Uh, so if, if you want to make a, a difference, you got to understand that yeah. there's going to be criticism. Yeah, and criticism and opposition is good if you're yeah. getting it from people that you respect and want their opinion. Yeah. So what Nehemiah does when he when he faces this opposition criticism in, in a text, you read it there, is that he the first thing is that he takes it to God. He just prays about it. Yeah. Hey, God, these guys, I'm doing what you want me to do. These guys are can making you, fun of me. Can you make these guys sick tomorrow so they don't show up and yeah. I can get this wall done? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say he's prayed that, but well, you know, it says he took it to God. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing that's you know that was in there. The second thing he did is he got back to work. Yep. So he prayed about it. Just went right back to work. Didn't yeah. let that stop him. The, the other thing that we see is verse, um, 
think it's verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. So the people that are helping him build the wall. So in Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. By ourselves, we'll not be able to rebuild the wall. It talks about our enemies are saying that we can't do this. So not only is he facing opposition from the outside, right? but there's people inside like his camp yeah. who are pushing back. Well, now it's a tough job. Mm-hmm. There's too much rubbish. There's too much debris. So if you're leading, be assured that people from the outside will, will criticize you. Yeah. But be ready for the criticism to come from the inside as yep. well. You know, I get asked sometimes as a pastor, like, do people ever criticize stuff? I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, never. <laughs> never. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is most of my criticism comes from inside, Yeah. not not outside. I mean, yeah. occasionally stuff pops up outside. Oh, people yeah. say things. Right. But when it, when it hurts is when it's... Yeah, people that are close to you. People that you're serving along, like, hey, yeah. let's... So for us, like, we want to see a difference in our city. We want to see the gospel go out in our city. Let's yeah. work together to do this. And so when that criticism comes from the inside, like, hey, we can't really do this. You know, we're small or... yeah. No, we can, right? It's, Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox on that one. All right. But here's, I just love Nehemiah. Yeah. So here's a couple, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I keep thinking about like criticism from within. Like I have a few employees that like to criticize a lot. Mm -hmm. And my advice always to them is find a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. If you have a better way, I'm all ears. Um, Yeah. But find a better way and show me that it'll work better than my way of doing things. And we'll we'll go that route. We'll go that direction. I just keep an open mind. Yeah. Sometimes the, the criticism is good, even when it's not what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure if Nehemiah, right? So we said he's an average guy. Yeah. He's going from being a cupbearer. He's like, I'm right. going to go build a wall. Yeah, I'm going to go right. build a wall. And <laughs> now I've got people criticizing me. And it's, Then you, you start know, to think, I had it pretty good. I was yeah. sitting at the king's table. Yeah. Things were going good for me. All of a sudden, I stuck my neck out to do something. Right. So I, I think the other thing, part of leadership, is that you have to expect opposition. If you're yeah. doing something for God, if you get if you get opposed, so many times we quit because like, Things got bad. God must not want me to do this. Right. Have you ever thought that maybe things are getting bad because it's the enemy that wants you to stop doing this? Yeah. And so if he can discourage you, throw criticism your way, and all of a sudden you're thinking, it's really not that important. I'm yeah. just going to stop. Then who who's going to pick up and do right. that if you don't? No one. Yeah. <laughs> not the guy that wasn't doing it before you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then even like Nehemiah, like, hey, when a guy says, hey, I'm not qualified to do that, or God wants to use people who have been Christians for a long time and have yeah. fancy prayers, and yet we see Nehemiah like, you're going as the back king's to it like, again, aren't you? King's like, hey, who, what do you want? Nehemiah says a short prayer. It's like, this is what I want. Yep. This is my plan. Yeah, I'm going back to it, right? What yeah. we talked about before we jumped yeah. on air. Yeah, you uh, just keep doing that. That's how God works. Yeah. I told you See? when we were talking about that, that right. I would never thought that I'd be where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. But here you are. Here I am. It's where so, God wants me, using yep. average people. So. Very average. Really tough <laughs> well, people. Sometimes a little <laughs> below average. <laughs> Only when we're talking about height. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, man. I always right. say that because I'm 6'2", 6'3". I know. You know. I, I thought you're... How Are you 6'3"? Yeah, I think that's what my license says. Okay, my kids so. think you're like 7'2", so... Well, that's because your kids are in the fours. My kids are... They're about to well, pass yeah, me. kid that's five foot something. They're all three probably going to pass me. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right, so Nehemiah ends this way. Basically, when he's getting some of that criticism, he tells him, remember the Lord who's great and awesome. Fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Yeah. I just love how he... Like, there's opposition coming. Nehemiah is passionate. He's setting this vision for the people. And he's saying, hey, remember God. Remember why we're here. Remember why this is important. Yeah. And then fight for your brothers, your sisters, right. your homeland. I just, it's kind of like Braveheart. Did you, I loved yeah. that movie as a kid. Have you seen it, Mel Gibson? Oh, yeah. I mean, loved it, right? So right. when he's on his horse before him with his war paint, and that's how I picture Nehemiah here. He's like this ordinary guy, <laughs> and things are going really? going south. I picture him with a pickaxe, and he's grabbing somebody's donkey to help start moving rubble, but okay. Yeah, I think oh. he's a pretty tough dude. Yeah. But he look, probably doesn't look like it. Well, with chalice hands. Chalice hands, you know? yeah. I didn't even think about that. He wouldn't have calluses on his no, hands, not a right? Probably. Callus. I mean, probably not. We don't know for sure, but he... No way. At least with the job he had, now yeah. all of a sudden he's like out there... 
building yeah. walls, yeah. fighting off people. Yeah. I love it though. It shows our point. Ordinary and he's getting guy. opposition and he's kind of fighting back. He's arguing yeah. back and you know, hey, if you got a better idea, come show me. Yep. Or lend me your donkey and your pitchfork so we can make this work a little better. You know. Yeah. You got a guy that knows how to build a gate? Bring him on over. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. I'm We're a cupbearer. What do you expect from me? I'm just trying. Here's what I want you guys to get today. This yeah. is what I get when I read this. There, there's so much here. I'd encourage you to read the book. There's yeah. a lot of leadership lessons we missed. I mean, we just went through four chapters. We did. So. But do something, right? right? If your heart is breaking about something, if there's something out there like someone should do something about yep. this, maybe God's showing you that so that you will do it. Yeah. So step up and lead in your church, in your community, in your home. Yep. Lead, right? Yeah. And the place you work. place you work. You know, um, be, if, if you're going to be the opposition, great. Be the opposition to your leaders, but do it in a positive way. You know, mm-hmm. provide a different avenue for what they're wanting to get done. You know, it's great to have an opinion and to think about things in a different way than maybe your boss does, but take it to them in a respectable, respectful kind of way, and maybe it'll be a better thing. Yeah, I love it. I've enjoyed this one. Yep. I, I think I have a buddy that's in the military, and uh, he kind of said the same thing. If you can find a way to do something the military already does, and you can find a way to do it cheaper, they will actually give you a percentage of that if it's a big enough savings to them. And I don't know. That's probably a lie, but... Um, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I'm well, going to have to look into that. Yeah. May get you a bigger Christmas gift if I <laughs> if that happens. Sweet. We're doing Christmas gifts on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll unwrap them on the podcast. Blake <laughs> can we do a video podcast, Blake, on that one? <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Uh, Make sure to like us on Facebook. Share this podcast if you have some friends that are interested or give it a share on Facebook uh, so others can see it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week. Next week. See you.